Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. Yeah. <laughs> time to wake the bear. Big time, big time. Lots of stuff happening. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to have our sound engineer get uh, Chris on. Chris is not on uh, campus today, so she is off campus, and she has called in or will be calling in, so we'll we'll patch her in when she's fully in. Yeah, we're looking forward to having her on here with us as the, the, the three of us uh, bring to light some of the darkness that's floating around and get people to use their thinking caps Oh, absolutely. Start absolutely. using your thinkers. Oh, hey, before we get into stuff, I want to point out that, you, that you're a handsome fellow wearing a very handsome shirt over there, Ron. Why, thank you. I, I see the Wake the Bear t-shirts are now online, right? They are, men and women. Men and women sizes. Wake the Bear Radio. Go to wakethebearradio.com and order one of your shirts today. They're attractive. They're on fire. They'll, they're bold, and people will say, hey, what's that about? And you say, this is about waking up the bear. It also knocks off 10 pounds in 10 years if you wear these shirts. It just somehow does that. Amazing. So. It might, might, might be the black shirt that it is. It's sleek, man. It's sleek. It's, it's good. So, well, awesome. Well, hoping tonight to taking some calls. We're going to be taking some calls tonight. So we hope that you call in at 479-1080 and interact and dialogue and disagree with us because debate is where the cream rises to the top. And we have to have debate and discussion to actually make this happen to wake the bear because that's how you wake people up. So we're on uh, uh, KSCO 1080. Uh, call in. Uh, we'll take calls at 830-479-1080. Call in to talk to uh, myself and Ron and Chris. And uh, I'm also going to tell you a little bit about a victory we just had. Can we jump right into a victory, some Absolutely. hope? I'm always for victories. Oh, my gosh. So there were 10 very, very bad bills that California legislature was proposing. And we just found out that one of those 10 bills today, uh, Bill, probably because of your guys' actions um, and the opposition to the bill, uh, Bill 1993, got pulled by the actual writer of the bill. So we're excited today that that happened. And the bill basically would make it mandatory for you to have, be vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine to, do, to, have, to, be a, uh, to have any company be in any company, private or public, in California. Um, completely unconstitutional, of course. Um, but, you know, don't put it behind our legislators that are legislators that are in Sacramento, who are willing to do, willing to put forth completely unconstitutional bills. There's 10 of them. They're very, very bad. Um, I want to mention a couple of them, but some of them are actually making it so that the, the, the police and the sheriff, all of the law enforcement, has to enforce the, the health orders of the health officer in California. There are your papers. There are your papers, oh, exactly. It's so that it's, it, there's 10 of them like that, um, making a universal database that anybody can access, making, making it so kids who are 12 years can actually get vaccinated without their parents' approval. Such disrespect to parents. It is. Hey, I just want to let you know that Chris is on the line. Chris, can you hear us? I sure can. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, five by five. Welcome, fiery one. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, as you're talking about the California legislation, and I am doing a happy dance. We have to take our victories as we can. I don't know if you saw, but um, it was either North Carolina or it was Oklahoma. Uh, I know Oklahoma for sure, but it might have been both of these states. The Senate uh, in those states, they passed uh, or they're passing a bill to, um, to, to take out the executive order's um, to call unconstitutional the executive orders that are not following the Constitution, yes. uh, and they're making some state, um, uh, they're, they're making a mandate to look through all the executive orders that have been made to mm. see which ones may or may not be constitutional and to evaluate whether they should be following them as their own state. So I want to see all 50 states do that. Absolutely. That's awesome. huge. I mean, every, every state should be say it like, if it's not constitutional, then don't even put it forward. I mean, that's the problem, I think, what's going on, especially that there are 10 bad bills right now in a row. I think they're trying to fatigue us, to get us exhausted by all, and then hoping one or two will slip through. Slip through, yeah. That could be, definitely. I could see that as a, a technique. So, this week... Well, wait, hold on. Before oh, we get into it, I wanted on. to say, yes. I actually have um, on our website, on our notes this week, there is a how to oppose bad bills. You go to California 
calegislation.lc.ca.gov advocates, and you can actually, it's very easy to oppose these bad bills. So we're going to put that on our show notes, and we highly encourage you. They are being debated right now, and we need to have an overwhelming support for them. So um, I'll put them on the show notes, how to oppose bad bills. And what website is those, are those show notes on, Brandon? That's on wakethebearradio.com. You got it. Wakethebearradio.com. Please visit. Yeah. All our past shows are on there and uh, anything that we've discussed. So, And there's great notes on there. Ron puts up some great notes, usually by noon, 1 o'clock the next day. So check yeah. them out. A lot yeah. of video and notes. I want to say one more time, it is not hard. It is not hard. It is not too hard. We have smart listeners. We have people who are uh, able to do quite complex things. And so uh, have a party. Yeah. Have a party, and all of you can do your emails, write your letters, your snail mail letters, or, or call your legislators together. You can do it as a, a party, have a party, and do it as a group. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're trying to, we, w- we want to inform people, we want to empower you, and we want to activate you. And we want to tell you that, yes, there are giants in the land, but there is hope because we win and if we don't give up. So let's keep fighting. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I have done it every time we brought it up. I have not done this last round. Great. And uh, tomorrow I definitely will. Thank you. My wife did it today. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so every bit helps. So, hey, um, you know, news of the week. Uh, since the last time we met, um, we've had uh, Jack uh, Maxi actually come out with some things. So oh, he, yeah, some you know, details had, of the... Yeah, he had put out 253 uh, emails of Hunter Biden off that laptop. So he has a laptop. He's had it for a while. He's given it to a whole list of people in Congress, and none of them, both sides of the aisle, have done anything with it. Mm. And so it's really discouraging to, to see that, and you can see it in his interview. Uh, Mary Grace did an amazing interview with him uh, last week, and it was, like, really eye-opening. Uh, but some of the things, you know, and, and, and right now they're focusing in on the things that are national security, not necessarily all the stuff with the ch- children and yeah. the porn. He doesn't want to re-victimize. I mean, that... That'll get out as far as uh, topic-wise, but not, you know, the videos and the pictures. Well, I was, I was watching Russell Brand this week. I don't know if you guys watch Russell Brand. He used to be super, super lefty, and he is way more libertarian conservative than, I've, than ever in his life. And he's, you know, he's, he, record, you know, he says, you know, I'm a recovering addict, so I'm not here to, to beat him up over the drug use. But he said uh, he was mostly concerned about the Department of Defense, the Department of uh, the, 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 the information on there that was classified that he had. And, it was, and then, of course, using... Um, his position to to get power, you know, to yeah. get money, um, his dad and him. So, we, you know, the, the Biden crime family, as it's called, um, was laundering money and through him. So. So, so one of the things we do is we get information from people that are actually involved. <clears throat> so it's not a basement dweller saying, hey, I heard this. I mean, Jack Maxey, he actually has a copy of the laptop. Uh, hard He's drive. with... Um, mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was another guy, uh, Sam Faddis, who's been working with Jack. And Sam is a retired uh, CIA oper- operations officer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he worked in both the Near East and South Asia. And so he's done some of these things. In fact, he, he helped do the analysis. Is this legit or not? You know, and he says that his kind of line of work is that he would be the type of guy that could produce something. And so if he were asked, can you make something up? He says it's virtually impossible to make up something. It would be found within five minutes. And I think we might have talked about it last yeah, we week. We talked about it a bit. Okay, that, that, that basically, it could, it could be authenticated or it could be proven to be fake within a five minutes. Yeah. And the, the, the level of um, authentication is so high that there's no doubt in his mind this is completely authentic. So. Absolutely. And, of course, now finally the Wall Street Journal and others are finally saying that it's authentic. So. So what was on that uh, laptop that was so concerning? Well, know? the big thing was that Hunter had a Department of Defense encryption keys, up to, uh, uh, what is it, 12 of them, I think it was? The, yeah. So the Defense Department, of who this guy is not part of our government, which say we keep getting told on The View and everybody, well, what does everybody care about his laptop? He's not part of the government. Yeah. Well, he had classified government encryption keys on his computer, so yeah, National there you go. security. National security, big time. Yeah, Jen Psaki always says that, too. She said, I don't represent him. He doesn't work for the government. Right. You know, so why does he have it? Right. So anyway, uh, one of the other things is that um, there's a lot of stuff that's involving Ukraine and biolabs on that laptop. Wow. 
And uh, so that's going to be more and more exposed, I think, as the weeks uh, come on. But uh, that that's concerning, especially since we're in this news cycle about Ukraine. Why don't we just shift over to Ukraine while well, we're at it? I think what's key about this is that, you know, there are so many people out there that are just jumping on the bandwagon. I, there's somebody in my neighborhood that put out a bunch of flags, and everybody's pulling these little flags and putting them up at their house, and they're saying, you know, pray for Ukraine, stand with Ukraine. And you're like, what exactly are you are you standing with? Like, do you know who Ukraine is? Do you know about the country? Do you do you know like that 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 there it's a major source of um, one, it's actually one of the largest sources of child pornography in the world. That you know that uh, that Ukraine has more money laundering, child pornography, and human trafficking than most countries in the world. In fact, the the article came out just this week that said that Ukraine has a history of extreme corruption and is the most corrupt country in in Europe, and the third most corrupt country in the world behind Colombia and um, and Brazil. So, I, you know, you you kind of you can't really understand the war. Like, it's not like this war just all of a sudden happened and Putin's a bad guy and it just all of a sudden, like there's all kinds of precipitating factors that led to it. I'm not trying. I'm not here to defend Putin, but I am here to say like think more deeply about this because mo some people are just jumping on this bandwagon and just cheering on. You know the the Ukraine or Zelensky, and they don't have no idea who he is or what he, where he came from or even what are the 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 history of what's gone on. I think there's a movie though that kind of yeah. talks about the history, right? Uh, Ukraine on Fire by uh, Oliver Stone. Uh, we've mentioned it the last couple of weeks. I I, uh, I went over it again and I took notes this time. And you know what really motivated me to do that was I, I read an article, U.S.-based article, and it was a former Ukrainian prime minister. His name is Nikolai. Um, Azarov's, mm -hmm. Azarov's, and anyway, he was a former uh, prime minister of Ukraine, and he says Putin is putting hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian lives, he's saving them uh, by invading Ukraine. And I thought, that is the weirdest thing, you know, uh, for You so would think the exact leader. opposite. Exactly. You know? So that, that thinks, is there something that's happening behind the scenes? So anyway, I, I, I watched this movie again, and I, I encourage everybody to watch it. What, whatever you feel on the, the topic of Ukraine, you should watch and learn the history of it because right. it really is a troubled history and it's amazing uh, to watch because of the stuff he covers. Well, and I think and the, and the mainstream media is able to gaslight us because we have most Americans have virtually no understanding at all of what's going on, has gone on in the Ukraine. They have no understanding of that country's history at all. At all. And yeah. so if you know nothing, you can just insert narratives, right? And that's like, what is it called, gaslighting? Chris, you got like a definition for that, the gaslighting. What, what is gaslighting? Yeah, I, I hear it all the time, right? Yeah, do you remember? It, there used to be a movie, well, I, there still is a movie. It was back in the, the 40s. It was kind of a psych thriller. But gas, the term comes from that movie. But gaslighting, it's a psychological manipulation of a person and it's usually over an extended period of time. Uh, it's kind of mind control. It's basically what it is. And it, it makes them question the validity of their own thoughts and their perceptions and their memories. I'm just thinking of how, how the mainstream media d does that. Typically, um, when you gaslight someone, it is meant to elaborately, insidiously deceive and create confusion, loss of confidence, loss of self-esteem. It's really um, a technique that tries to make the victim, which would be those listening to the news in, in the situation of the media, um, to lose their confidence or ability to distinguish what is true, what is not true. And the goal is to convert free thinkers into dependent and vulnerable people. And they become actually kind of intellectually and emotionally dependent, like slaves. Mm. And they need to be told what is true. Rude. So gaslighting makes people question their own reality, basically. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, probably, um, you know, we, we talk about this. The, one of the topics tonight is the gift of discernment, the spiritual gift of discernment. When you have discernment, you can tell whether something is wrong, evil, what the source it's coming from. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's both a spiritual gift. It's also like street smarts. You can kind of like tell, like, uh, you know, someone is, giving is pulling your chain and you, you know, this person has got, is coming from bad motives. Uh, I was thinking when I was in New York once, we were, when I was a kid back in the day, we were like talking to people on the streets and they were totally trying to get us to like buy something or do something. And then my, and one of my friends goes, dude, they're totally fit. They're trying to trick you out of your money. And like one of our friends, one of my friends who in high school was like, 
we were like seven, 16, 17, ended up giving the guy a th- like a hundred bucks of his money for just to, and they, they just kind of like get you to disbelieve and not, not be able to discern what's actually going on. So the, but the spiritual gift of discernment is the ability that God gives people to have assurance, whether a certain behavior or a teaching is from God or from Satan or from human error or human power. And so one of the key things about discernment is that what is this person getting out of this? Why are they telling me this information? And, I, and that's one of the things we really want trying to get people to do is to question the narrative. Wake the Bear is about questioning the narrative, re-engaging your spiritual gift of discernment and going, why would Putin want to kill a bunch of innocent people that he wants to rule? It doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Why would he be slaughtering people like everybody's saying he's doing? Now, I believe people are dying in war, but do you think he's actually purposely trying to kill civilians? Especially on the east side of it, because they all want to be Russian. Yeah, the duh. And it's very, let's go over the history a little bit. Okay. And and that'll kind of, so part of the art of discernment is let's get the story and the backdrop. Right. So we understand the context. So, so it goes far, as far back, at least the movie, uh, like 1929, where the, O-U-N formed, and that was a party that wanted to uh, ethnically purify the nation. It would be pure Ukrainians, and they wanted all the other people out. And they had a flag that was black and red. It was land and blood. Mm. So it was very militaristic. Uh, By 1941, Western Ukraine joined Germany against the Soviet rule. Uh, 80,000 volunteered to join the Nazis, just volunteered. They weren't drafted. They're like, hey, let's, let's be Nazis. And so there is definitely a segment of Nazi uh, foundation there by 1941. And then during the Cold War, after, a guy rose to power, Stephen Bandera, and he rose as a nationalist leader. And he became kind of the grandfather of, or the father of this nationalistic mindset of Ukraine. And so uh, by 1954, the Soviet uh, Nikita Khrushchev, he gave Crimea to Ukraine. So, you know... They say, oh, Russia's invading Ukraine. Well, Ukraine um, was given to, uh, or I'm sorry. Parts of Ukraine, uh, Crimea. uh, Crimea was given by Khrushchev. So they used to be part of the Soviet Union. But as the Berlin Wall fell, what, in the 80s? I remember that with Reagan's time and stuff. Ukraine, uh, the party, it was a Norndia, I'm probably saying. it, It meant the people's movement. It rose, and it supported breaking off from the Soviet Union and really started pushing nationalism again. So they wanted to break away uh, the whole country. And by 1991, Ola, I don't even want to say his last name, is Tani Buk, um, he created a new party, and it was a uh, Soboda party. And, it's, and they wanted to purge Ukraine from all the Jews and Russians. Hmm. So that's what they wanted to get. And that was a party in, in Ukraine. It was wow. like, let's get rid of the Jews, let's get rid of the Russians. And uh, I think they linked a lot of them together because, you know, a lot of the, the communist ideas came from, from some people that were Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was so bad, this particular person, Ola, he, he made the top 10 lists of the most anti-Semitic leaders in the Simon Westhoff Center list. Hmm. So there was a, a list out there, who's the most anti-Semitic. So he made top 10, and that was in 2012. Uh, so by that time, uh, this guy, Dimitri, comes along and he creates another group and it's the uh trezub it means triad and it's a group and he actually got into parliament and he uh, started the right sector and that's where you see today these nazi groups they're the right sector and they have all this nazi symbolism and he was very militant Uh, by 1991 soviet union has collapsed leaving ukraine in a completely um well independent but plunging them into poverty and then by 2004 ukraine is split down the middle uh, with the Western victor, uh, Yasinchenko, and he actually won uh, in 2004 against the Russian-backed victor, Yankovich. Right. And I want to pause for here for yeah, a second. One of the things that the movie, Oliver Stone's movie, points out is that literally Ukraine has been a buffer land. It's a beautiful, um, prosperous um, with tons of food, tons of um, natural resources, but it's a buffer land between the East and the West, kind of similar how to when uh, in East and West Germany were split up. And literally has hundreds of years of people in Ukraine being split and having um, allegiances to the West, allegiances to the Nazis, allegiances to the, to the Russians. I mean, they, and literally changing sides in the middle of a war. Yeah. Based on just basically how to stay alive. So 
th this country has a long history of really challenging things and we should be praying for them we should be for the people because obviously the weakest are the ones that are getting hurt but direct to, to recognize that this is the normal this is like the pattern of this country for the last couple hundred years oh yeah so back and forth back, back and, and forth, forth. Switching. there's two and power whoever's structures. more powerful and 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 so when you know putin says hey you know the nazi you know we're going in to denazify that that may not be the only reason he's doing it but it's definitely part of the reason he's doing it right right so when yeah so when uh yanchenko he uh, he gets voted in, and he represents the West, and he left after one term. But right before he left, he declared Steven, Steve, Stefan Bandero hero status. That's the guy who just said it was the forefather of nationalism, mm -hmm. very anti-Semitic. Uh, so he declares him a hero status. That starts all kinds of uh, protests and things like that. By 2010, when Yanchenko is done, uh, Jan... Uh, Yankovich, Yankovich comes in. He's the Russian guy, the one that lost to him so in 2004. Yanukovych, Yanukovych. Yanukovych. Sorry about that. Became I'm the just... prime minister and he revoked the hero status. And then Yanukovych had this big thing that happened right with the European Union. They were going to have an agreement with to with the West and, and to sign an agreement with the European Union, right? Yeah. And then what happened? He re he went back on it. He, he said, didn't I don't want to go it. in that direction because they wanted too much and, and they were going to get fleeced and taken advantage yeah. of. So he said no. And so that created all kinds of crazy things in the country. And that's like 2000, what, 13? 2010, 2013? Uh, 2010 to, yeah, up to 2013. And then there's just a bunch of protests. Both sides started happening, and then yeah. violence started happening after that, right? What happened? Well, uh, what happened is all those right extreme groups got really upset, and they started protesting. And, and what happened was in 2013, three new TV channels started, and they were uh, three <laughs> days in a row. November television. 21st, yeah, television. Uh, the 20, November 21st, 22nd, 23rd, these three start. And all of a sudden, as soon as they start, they start protesting the, the very next day on the 24th, these riots. And all the peaceful people came out, and they thought, oh, this is great. But then by the time, uh, two days later, on the 25th, you have infiltrators coming in. And those peaceful riots now, kind of like what you saw on January 6th. January 6th, it, right. Yeah, it's so, the same technique. So they got all of the peaceful people out there, and then they infiltrated them with, you know, radicals radicals and then they said oh this is a whole radical movement yes yeah well what happened was is they they uh they started violence and right. they started to to fight the police and and throw you know cocktails Molotov at them cocktails, Molotov, right. cocktails and and then so you have these three tv stations filming everything these guys are starting the violence right and then what happens ultimately they push the police to have to fight back right and they get all that on on film mm -hmm. and so what happened was a bunch of people got killed a bunch, bunch of people got uh, harmed and all of a sudden these tv stations ran with it you know like yeah. a fake news and what happened is it got the whole country upset and the very next day the whole country goes and they protest against police brutality right and you know you, you see a lot of patterns well one of the leaders said to this day they're not even sure who it was that was firing on the crowds yeah right yeah that's so, uh, i don't know it sounds great. like uh sounds like the route 66 shooting right no motive you just That's don't know. It sounds like somebody, um, an Antifa group wearing MAGA hats. Right. Or you know, the protests of George Floyd going, um, and, and you know, there, there should have been something protested and, and looked into with, with the death of George Floyd, but, but it shouldn't have gotten to the violence that it got to. But it's very similar to what happened in America a couple of years ago. Yeah. The pattern yeah. is the same, and that's one of the leaders that says on the video, he says, these tactics can be used in any country, and, and, that, and we have actually seen that. We've seen these tactics. There are some very dark forces utilizing the same type of tactics to create division in America, to get Americans to hate each other, and we are not each other's enemies, but there's somebody behind us trying to really make us enemies. Oh, the symbolism was the same. The fist, that looks pretty familiar, and oh, they yeah. showed that all over the place. So, yeah, Yanovich, um, he claims that it was all planned, and he felt it was all coming out from the U.S. Embassy, mm -hmm. that people were plants, people were being funded. I mean, this took money and stuff. And so basically what happened was is he got overthrown because of the police brutality and all the stuff that's happening. It's like, hey, you're a dictator. And so he got overthrown, and in 2014 he was replaced. And what's really interesting is, is uh, there was a leaked conversation with Victoria Nolan the US, and the U.S. ambassador and they were caught on a, a phone call, and they were discussing a coup d'etat in, in Ukraine. Wow. To let's, let's overthrow this and uh, replace this government with a pro-Western government. So you can see that there's a struggle back and forth. The West wants Ukraine, and, 
and, and you know, or parts of Ukraine wants the West and parts of Ukraine want Russia. Well, and I think that, you know, what we have going on is a struggle. You know, the, our do dollar bills say Novo Oro Seclorum on there, which means New World Order, which th we've had six presidents give, give speeches that talk about the New World Order. And there are parts of people that are in our government that really believe that the New World Order is making the world safe for democracy across the world. It's a, it's a good thing. The problem is, is there's huge swaths of our government that are, do, are not accountable to anybody who are being given unlimited budgets to do whatever they want with without being accountable to the Congress and to the American people. So there, is a, there are some dark forces that will have a very different plan for the New World Order, and they're both pushing for it. You know, some people say, well, NATO, you know, NATO is a great, great organization. They're bringing freedom to countries. Well, they're also demanding that you take uh, the, the American dollar as the, you know, the backed currency, the reserve currency, and you take a Rothschild bank, uh, bank in your country, and then we control those countries by our... our, our, our by debt. Yeah, by debt. And so what's happening is, and, and the interesting thing about the war leading up to the war, Biden met or talked with Putin and Putin said to Biden, can you assure me that you're not going to put Ukraine in the, into the NATO? Because there's 13 countries now that have expanded NATO into. And he said, no, I can't give you that assurance. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, the war began. So, and, and what I love about it is this. Everybody said, oh, no, you know, Trump is going to start a nuclear war with people. He's going to start war. And of course, he didn't. But now you have the current... Um, resident in the White House who's actually starting pushing war, pushing for war. Yeah, yeah I want to insert something, too, because during this time, right around the 2014, um, in the past, how America has usually disrupted a peaceful country and gotten them to enter into some political things that might be to their advantage, to America's advantage, is through CIA kind of covert operations and um, the drugs and the selling guns and uh, those types of things. But in this case, what, what we saw emerge was a bunch of NGOs and a bunch of shell companies coming in, and the, the money laundering began. I mean, it began way before this, but it began to a new level so that there was so much financial corruption coming in uh, into Ukraine so that the money trails, which I believe is how we're going to figure out what's really going on there, yep. The money trails began to um, go overboard, just uh, hundreds and hundreds of shell companies, and that's where we get into some of the Burisma and some of the other things that uh, they're legitimate. I mean, that's a legitimate company in that it's an energy company, but it's primary under the waterline um, purpose is to be able to uh, take money so that can't be traced. And it looks like a legitimate business interest, but it isn't. So millions and millions or even billions of dollars can be um, taken and hidden in different offshore accounts. Well, isn't that what's happening right now? We, 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 there, our, our, our government just signed a bill to send like $8 billion to Ukraine, right? And, and it's not for humanitarian aid. It's for missiles and weaponry and all kinds of stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, how much of that do we know? is going into the hands of the people we want it to go into. Like, how, how do you track that? Like, how do you prove that yeah. it's actually, I mean, and not to mention that the person that signed the bill and the five people standing around the desk all have children who are on, who are being paid by countries in Ukraine. Yeah. So, like, is that, is that money going to go right back to them, which is what it's been doing? They've been laundering money through the Ukraine, and that's, that's facts. I mean, we're not making anything up. This is facts. And, you know, I, it takes me right back to you know, when President Trump won the 2016 election. He stood up there in, at the Capitol building and he said, these jokers behind me have been enriching themselves off your, the backs of you. They've increased and enriched themselves off of your, off of your wars and the deaths of your children. And today it stops with me. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, it, I was, do. It was very, like, yeah, yeah, it was sober and very... Like, and, and you could just see them kind of gently squirming behind him. Like, he's, he's talking about us. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm just going to close with this because I don't want to belabor the, the history. But, you know, I've, I've been challenged where people say, oh, what's this neo-Nazi stuff? You're just, that's propaganda Oh, yeah, stuff. making that up. But, you know, during this time, uh, Crimea, it was the statement of the Supreme Council of the, uh, of the Republic of Crimea. And this is what they said during uh, 2014. They said, uh, basing on the will of the Crimean people, 
who elected us, we declare that we will not give Crimea to extremists and neo-Nazis seeking to seize power in Ukraine at the cost of the blood of the country. Mm. And it goes on. So it's like, okay, that was an official statement. Right. But, and and they're, they're calling them extremists and neo-Nazis. Right. So it's not like, hey, I... I followed some Russian troll or something no, like that. No, this is you know? not Putin misinformation propaganda. He may be pointing it out, but he has real reasons. This is the thing I think we're trying to say is, you know, there's, this, there's a proverb in scriptures that says one story seems right to a person until you hear the other side, right? Yep. And the way that you have discernment is you have to listen to both sides and go, okay, who's getting what out of this, right? And I, and I just, I don't understand how, you know, Putin's got like three areas like Maripol and... Uh, the Donetsk region, where the people already want to be Russian, they they're Russian culturally, and they want to they want to be part of Russia. So why would he bomb those civilians that want that? Right. It, to me, it, it makes no sense. If right. you just use logic, it's like why would you uh, bomb your friends? Right. And then there's 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 footage that's coming out from people on the ground that are actually saying, well, no, that that hospital was militarized by the U by the Ukrainian Nazis and they were using it as a staging ground and when they blew it all up there wasn't anybody in it there wasn't anybody there wasn't any maternity wards in there and then they staged a woman coming out who was pregnant and it was all videoed and made up right who, who and she's a model right and she's not even a real she's not even she wasn't even in that hospital but they staged her coming out so you've got basically crisis actors going on and we know that that's the thing. Like that's that's been done in, in this country and all over the world using crisis actors. So you gotta really now. You can say, well, that's not true. That's pro okay, propaganda. Okay, good. Go look it up, though. Research both sides. Don't just jump on one bandwagon and believe what you're told. Because really, out, reality is this: if everybody's thinking alike, then somebody's not thinking. And if M the MS the the mainstream media is telling you all the same mockingbird message, then you should probably not believe it. Uh, because they told us for two years the exact same stuff about COVID, and it's coming out now on the back page, not on the front page. It was all front page news, all the fear, and now on the back page is, oh, yeah, 3,700 deaths in, in Massachusetts weren't actually real deaths. Um, that was wrong. Oh, and by the way, CDC had a, an algorithm that was wrong, and 25% of those deaths weren't real either. All, of all of the death, you know, like, and we, we were telling people that from the very beginning, there were nurses saying, hey, they're telling me to put COVID death on this death certificate, but they didn't have COVID. They came in here with a motorcycle accident or a gunshot wound. And that was over and over and over and over videos. Were, and people were saying, oh, that's just, you know, that's just conspiracy theory. And, and no, now it's proven that they've classified people as dying from COVID that did not on a massive scale, a massive scale. So what was the, just you, Let's go down this rabbit hole okay. for just, just a minute. Right. Uh, on the whole topic of COVID, I mean, what would you say, how would you use your reasoning for discernment? Uh, well, you the, know, there's a couple okay. steps. Number one, Mullins, the guy who made the PCR test. Okay. We all know. I mean, we've all talked about this before. Yeah. The guy who made the test said, don't use it for that. They used it for that. It was the ma main test that was using globally, worldwide. And then it came out later and said 97% of it use, use, the usage was inaccurate. So that says all of those deaths that were reported, 97% of them were not accurate. Right. The, yeah. the, the, the test that was freaking everybody out on all of the, the yeah. little the thing on your phone, oh, another person got it, another person got it, 97% 90%, was wrong. Yeah, so, it was okay. over, um, what was it, over, um, it, uh, they did cycles for it. Yeah, they over amplified, they over -amplified. Over -amplified So, it. like, it, it, people were saying, this doesn't smell right. Like, Something stinks in this reporting. And, and then, of course, more and more of it came out. Like Fauci said, don't wear a mask in the beginning. But then he said, oh, no, I just said that because I didn't want people to overbuy masks. And, of course, that was BS. Yeah. Know? And so, what about Dr. Robert Malone? You know, he, he created the platform for the mRNA. And he says he's on a worldwide crusade saying don't take this. And yet that is the standard, right, mm -hmm. for, for vaccines. Well, we knew that because we went to the source and said, okay, the guy who invented it is saying uh, we shouldn't take it. So... Shouldn't we listen to him right. versus maybe like Fauci, who, you know, a lot of his colleagues say he does, he hasn't had a patient in years, if ever. Right. You know, so, uh, and Peter McAuliffe is another one. You know, he's what, the, one of the most peer-reviewed uh, doctors in the country. Right. Uh, you know, over 300 articles right. uh, peer-reviewed. And, and he is saying, don't take this. It'll just screw up your, well, anyway, the so side note is we went to the source, We right? went to the source of the people that actually are the, the, you know, the doctors that were censored and said, like, this is the problem. If there's no debate, then there can be no actual critical thinking. And yeah, and I think the other, th the other thing that was interesting is you can tell when something isn't right when the 
the healthcare community, those that should be leaders in telling you how to be healthy, are not allowing you to be healthy. They're locking you down. They're withholding medications that, that uh, they shouldn't be withholding. They're giving you one option, and they're using fear. And fear in itself will bring down your immune system rather than saying, hey, let's do this together. We're not, uh, you know, let's get healthy together. Let's eat right. Let's figure this thing out. They isolated people, and they, um, they used the tactic of shame and intimidation and fear that, uh, that made people think that, if you don't follow our rules, which is control, the fear and control, then you are putting grandma at risk. Well, I'm a grandma. I never felt at risk, and I wanted to be around people. And so, uh, you know, it's a, the whole idea of um, taking the choice away from the people and then trying to convince them that they had to do the right thing, and they got a lot of people just wanting to do the right thing. I mean. Right. There's still people walking around in masks because they think they um, they might be hurting somebody. Right. They're doing it so, out of love. I mean, basically, the, the, the Christian ethics and values that we have, they weaponize them against us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we've got a caller, and so uh, he's been on for a while, David. Hey, David, you're on the air. Can you hear us? Welcome, David. You there, David? You know, I'll just keep him on until he does. And pops so, in. Yeah, I'll pop in. I was no. going to say a quote uh, real quick by Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, if you listen to the news, you're uninformed. If you, if you don't listen to the news, you're uninformed. If you listen to the news, you're misinformed. <laughs> yes, I saw that. It's a great quote. I saw that. So, oh, we got our sound engineer coming. He'll, he'll Excellent. It out. Yeah, it looks like he's not loaded on there or there's an error. Hey, anyway, uh, on another subject, uh, we talked about the mRNA and all that stuff with the right. vaccine. How do we apply that to Ukraine? Well, I think that's the big deal, right? Okay, it's like the when all of the news is saying, okay, now we have to shift every news story on all of my Google searches. Hello? Hey, is oh, David on it. there? It sounds like David's on there. Right, Hi, David, so. welcome. He's our engineer. He helped us out. David, you're on the air. Go for it. Hi, I just want to say a couple of things real quick, and there's not really time for debate, although you say your show is open for debate. I don't know how open you guys are to any real debate. I think that anyone who thinks that Vladimir Putin is not a war criminal has been asleep. You can ignore what he's done in Ukraine. You only need to look what he did in Syria. He firebombed women and children repeatedly, hospitals, schools that were proven to be populated with women and children. So Let's just ignore what's going on in Ukraine and, and, and try to pretend that this guy is not a monstrous mass murderer. You can do so if you wish, but, you know, it's, it's just not true. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute lie to suggest that this man is not a war criminal. Yeah, Furthermore, you know, that's great. Hey, uh, just real quick, I, I actually in agreement with you. We called him a tyrant last week. Um, he's definitely guilty of a lot of things. I'm not saying that he is good. And we've been trying to be clear, saying we're not saying Putin is good. We're just saying that we need to not just jump on a bandwagon because CNN told us to. That, that's all. So I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. He's got plenty of he's got plenty of bad things to him. So thank okay, you for the that. other thing I'd like yeah, go for the it. The other thing I'd like to say. There's two other things. Do you, do you guys agree that there's such a thing as bad parents, as really bad parents? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah we see the byproduct. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think? Do you think that those, the children of those bad parents, deserve to be protected by society at large from those bad parents, or should those children just fall complete victim to those bad parents? Because I, I'll give you an example. I know somebody whose parents, quote unquote, did not believe in the polio vaccine. As a result. My friend has one leg that's six inches shorter than the other. Now, that's not the worst side effect of polio, but it's a significant side effect. It's a direct result of his parents' lack of belief in a given vaccine. Now, I'm not saying it's the exact same as this vaccine, but to pretend, to pretend that everything the government does is bad and that sometimes the government doesn't stand in to protect children from bad parents is just not logical. You talk about using discernment. You talk about being thoughtful and thinking things through. Well, think that through. Think about the fact that sometimes there's no one other than the government to protect children, vulnerable children, from bad parents. And this might be, I'm not saying it is, but this might be an example of that. 
Totally, totally agree, David. And I'm, I'm glad that you're making that point. That's why there's a debate. That's why this is controversial because you're right. There are parents that aren't making good decisions for their kids. I think the challenge is, is that, that those ultimately the parents have been given the, the sacred duty of the best interests of their children. Are there bad parents that make that bad decisions? Absolutely. But on general, the people that have the most to lose and the most to gain by their success or failure are the parents of those children. So in most cases, I would say, I trust the parents over big government. Do you know what Christian science is? Yeah. Okay, so I, I also know some people who grew up in Christian science families. Mm -hmm. These are Christians. These are not Muslims. These are not Jews. These are not atheists. These are Christians who believe in Christianity, who practice the same faith that you purport to practice, and they do not allow their children to go to doctors. Well, I, I appreciate the point you're making, but actually Christian scientists is neither Christian nor science. It's not Christianity. It's a, it's a very, very loose uh, hodgepodge of belief systems that is actually an abomination to Christianity, to be honest with you. So Christian scientists... And then it's not science either because it throws out science. It doesn't even acknowledge science. So yeah. Do they or the do they not I, believe? You know, I used they, to, they, David, I used to work do, as a do, paramedic. And as a paramedic, when there was a life-threatening situation, we'd go on a call and a parent wanted to withhold care. We would call the police to come in because... Uh, they needed a third party uh, in an immediate situation. So there are situations, obviously. I think where we get into trouble is we try and label someone a black hat or a white hat or good or bad. And what you're describing is uh, there are uh, many shades of gray, and we need to be discerning and not just try and villainize one situation. We are not anti-vaxxers, by the way. Um, you know, I think we all had polio vaccines, and uh, I am glad that I had mine. I did. Uh, well, yeah, we are, and our kids had we them. We are anti-choice, the, the lack of choice, and, and we do have time for debate. I love your discussion, yeah, and I think it makes so let me, let, let me get, thing. Let me, let me get this straight, then. You guys think it's okay for a parent to make the choice to deny their child the polio vaccine? Uh, I think that the polio vaccine science is pretty settled, bro. Well, you didn't answer my question. Uh, if a parent has religious it. beliefs, if a parent has religious beliefs that dictate that the polio vaccine is against those religious beliefs, and they think that they're doing what's best for their child, does the government have the right to intervene and say your child's getting that vaccine anyway? That's a tough one. Yeah, because I don't really well, know. No, I think there are lots of decisions that parents make that are um, potentially dangerous for their children. I think that um, that that that's, there is not autonomousness with parents. I mean, it's like a child that doesn't wear a helmet. They could potentially have a head injury on something. I mean, that, do, do we, we, we do legislate a lot of things, but at some point, um, we we have to trust some parents too. I think that that that's a bigger discussion, and there's more points uh, that need to be talked about um, of just uh, can they be forced into something, or or are they creating a situation that is potentially very harmful to the child? And I think that the, it's a, that's where probably you want to have a greater discussion is where does the harm come in. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. We, 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 we as a society have an obligation to protect those who cannot protect themselves. And children are the most clear example of those that cannot protect themselves. And if we stand by and say we have to allow parents a certain amount of autonomy, that's just opening the floodgates. How much autonomy do we have to allow? I mean, you and I, for instance, we probably have a difference of opinion when it comes to spanking. If you spanked me, it would be the last thing you ever did. But you can get away with spanking your child. It's actually legal to do the same thing with your child. If you did it to me, it would be a crime for which you would be prosecuted. But you can do it to your child, and you believe that people should have autonomy to, 
to 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 hoist physical abuse on a child who cannot possibly defend themselves. That's unconscionable. Okay, well, there's a responsibility of the government to be fully informed on the topic. So when it comes to, like, polio vaccination, they have proven, they have done proper trials, they have done their end. So when they come to people and say, hey, we would like to enforce this, they've actually done their homework. Yeah, blind peer review. Now, Trump. they have not done that with COVID. In fact, they've done the opposite. They've hidden. So I would say it's immoral of what's happening with the government forcing something that has been an experiment it hasn't been proven and the people that invented it and had had uh created it those guys are saying don't take it so i would say in this case it is more immoral to just follow blindly than to say hey we've done our homework and so there is a balancing act there and as far as uh, spanking a child you have just you have just equated it with like assault or like a beating i don't see it that way at all it can be done properly in love okay i mean i have spanked my children if just did, uh, two or three times exactly. in their life and that's it and it was to establish an ultimate rule it's like you want to you want to get a spanking no i don't and that was it i mean i hadn't spanked spanked them past three years old and it was a little swat it was just you know, and it was done in love, and there's a way to do it in love. And so we do believe that the scriptures teach that. You spare the rod, you spoil the child. And believe me, I, I've well, seen that. Well, the scriptures, the scriptures teach. You know, if you want to talk about the scriptures, which I don't think you guys are very well informed about, the scriptures teach that you can take the life of your child if they dishonor you. So, so, so let's put the scriptures aside if we're going to talk about morality of child rearing. The scriptures are quite literal and expressly clear about the right of a parent, of a father specifically, to take the life of a child who dishonors them. Is that, David, is, is David, that, the, law, is that the law by which you're going to stand? David, for, David for, you, you made an accusation that somehow we're, t we're saying all of the Old Testament is for today, which because which, you're referencing only the Old Testament there. So I don't know why you're saying we're un misinformed when you're actually drawing from only one set of the Old Covenant and not the New Covenant. Like, why, why, why are you making that accusation? So you don't believe in the Ten Commandments, then? Uh, I do believe in the Ten Commandments because that was a lot. Well, that's a whole other theological. Yeah, discussion. you're talking about the the, the, the na nation of Israel and the commandments they were given and how they're how they're applied today. I mean, okay, we're we're way off topic here, but I mean, you do you do know the difference between civil law, moral law, and ethical law? Well, yeah, and you're talking about how people in the tradition of the Scripture are disciplining their children, and I'm telling you that in the tradition of the Scripture, specifically the Ten Commandments, which I'm happy to run down for you if you're not very familiar with them, <laughs> it gives the right to a father to take the life of a child who dishonors him. Ten Commandments doesn't say that, but, but, but it is in the Old Testament, but it's not, it's not part of the, the original Ten Commandments. So, and it's part of the nation state of Israel, so we're not even, we're, off, we're like way off topic. <laughs> okay, well, 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 one last thing to get back on topic to what you were talking about before with, with Ukraine. There is a tradition of anti-Semitism in Ukraine, but there's a tradition of anti-Semitism in all of Eastern Europe, in Russia as well. So to pretend that good old Vlad is going in there to unroot Nazism is just, nonsense. Vlad has one motivation and one motivation only, to make Russia bigger and more powerful than it is today, to recreate the Soviet Union. Well, that's, he could care less. that's awesome that you that you know his mind better than most people. I See, mean, it's, to me, if, if I were a Russian said, and I lost 25 million people due to Nazis, I wouldn't be very happy with Nazis. It has nothing to do with Jews. It's, it's everything to do with nationalism and Nazism. And so, yes, uh, the Jews, they lost 6 million, supposedly, and supposedly... Russia lost 25 million. They lost a lot more. They're going to have a lot of hurt feelings. They're not going to be very pr uh, proud or, you know, friendly to Nazis. And it is uh, very clear that there are segments of Western Ukraine that are full-on Nazis. They still have the Nazi paraphernalia. These guys have the flags in their garage, and they, they wear it on their uniforms. There's all kinds of symbolism, and they're very bold about it. I mean, we had a person on the ground that lives in Russia that that goes to Ukraine, and he says, I have friends that are complete nazis he says these guys are crazy not friends but acquaintances he says it's real yeah. and it is i witnessed a report so you know we're, we're trying to go with boots on the ground and and there are two different groups i just read a quote from crimea saying we don't want to be in the hands of of extremists and neo-nazis and they're saying we want to go to russia and, and they vote where's your 
What is your concern about Nazis in this country, the very real number of white supremacist Nazis that operate in this country? I don't hear you guys talking about that. Do you know them? Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? I hear you. Dave, do you know anybody? Do I know anybody personally? No, I don't have Okay, so I don't Nazis, know anybody no. either. I've never met a Nazi my entire life. I don't know anybody. I, I, so I, I like... I saw someone... I saw someone in Santa Cruz about 20 years ago wearing a swastika armband, and I beat the crap out of him. Wow! But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know any. <laughs> this is I don't, the, I don't, I don't, David. I, you just told me it's not okay to assault people, but it was okay to beat that guy up. Well, I, I'll tell you a little secret, okay? You can keep it in confidence, even though it's on the radio. I'm, I'm the child of, I'm the child of two Holocaust survivors. I see somebody wearing a swastika. I don't show them any mercy. I don't find out whether or not they're making a joke. I don't find out what their intentions are. I take it seriously, and I respond in kind. And if you don't like that, that's okay. You don't have to like it. But unlike unlike Vlad, I actually have a vested interest in unrooting Nazism. Vlad could care less about Nazis. Well, it sounds like you, 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 you play poker with Vlad, and you know his intentions. <laughs> so a good job. I mean, hey, it was thanks, thanks for the call. That, thanks for the... He's, Thanks for the conversation. I'll call back again. We'd love to talk further. All right. All right. Take it easy, Dave. All right. So that was Dave. Uh, you know, it's good to actually have a lively debate. You know, yeah. I, I am tired of the echo chamber. You know, everyone just calls and agrees, you know. So it's nice to have something, and, you know, some things to think about, uh, you know. And I'll probably have an answer on the uh, the, the old law thing because I, I – I did study quite a bit of that. I had oh, yeah. 120 sermons on each of the Ten Commandments. Really? I mean, it took That's me good. months to go through it. And I, I, I love God's law. I think there's a abundant living that comes from it, not your salvation, but definitely mm -hmm. benefits. And uh, in proper context, you know, people say, hey, there's slavery, yeah. you know, pushing slavery. That's not the slavery that we had in the States that started off with kidnapping and man-stealing, you know, mm -hmm. and against yeah. your will. So uh, context. And, hey, Ron, there. Yeah. The, the, um, so just going back, I know we're almost out of time, but, and this was about discernment. And I think part of what, what David brought up was, you know, we, we have to be discerning. We can't vilify people completely as a black hat. We can't overhero. I mean, people have issues even when we want to put them on a pedestal. We need discernment. And, and uh, we want to go ahead and ask God for discernment. Mm, he is the spirit of truth. If you are a... Uh, a Christian, then Jesus, you received him into his life. The Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, comes and lives in you. Mm -hmm. You can ask him for discernment. He says, God says, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give to uh, all men um, abundantly and without reproach. And then do your own research, but research both sides. I think that's what David was saying about the polio. You know, you want to know. People need to know, and we, we do need to ask to our government, hey, what's going on here? And we have a right to that. Then uh, follow the motives and follow mm -hmm. the And when something smells like a fish, it probably is. And uh, just go back and ask the Lord, yep. you know, what is going on here? Because we have a God who engages yeah. us, and he's really Emmanuel with us. Yep. That's right. He is. And uh, we're, give us discernment, Lord. Wake the bear